Hello, hello, hello. Hello and welcome to TIB, the Immigrant Bag Podcast. I'm your host, Mudupe Ogunyemi. If this is your first time tuning in, this is the place where we share insights and knowledge to help immigrants secure the bag. As always, we start with a disclaimer. This is not financial advice, and I am not a financial advisor. Everything we say on this podcast is meant for education and entertainment only. Please note that investing comes with risks, so please do your own due diligence or consult a financial advisor before making any investment decision. Okay, having said that, let's dive into today's episode. But first of all, let me start by asking you guys, how are you all doing? <laughs> the market saw red last week, like literally. And I had a few friends pinging me over the weeks to just talk about how painful it was for them to watch the way the stock prices were yo-yoing last week because that's, that's exactly what, what they did last week. And I mean, seriously, the way the financial markets have been moving lately, it's not for the faint-hearted at all. It takes a lot of courage to um, watch the prices fall and plunge the way they've been falling and plunging in the last several several weeks. A friend of mine said she wasn't even going to look at her brokerage account at all. <laughs> like she literally couldn't summon the courage to look at it. And I personally, I can totally relate to that because I remember back when we had the famous crypto winter, <laughs> I too got my hands burnt there and I also couldn't bring myself to look at my crypto account at all. I was like, you know what? I'd rather not see how much I was losing in the crash. Like, just don't show me, okay? <laughs> I remember I logged in once during that crash and my portfolio as a then was like 60 or 70% down. I didn't, I didn't log in again after that. <laughs> I just, I just logged out and went to watch a movie or something because I mean, nobody needs that kind of emotional stress in their lives. <laughs> but again, you know, like I have said many times in past episodes, you can only be that emotionally detached from the market if you haven't put more than you can afford to lose in it. I was able to, you know, just log out and go watch a movie because I wasn't that emotionally vested in it. I mean, yeah, you know, there's, there's emotions to, to some extent, but it wasn't my whole life that I had put into crypto. So I could afford to just close the account and not check it again. Right. But if you have put your entire life savings in it, then it's a different story, right? It's a, it's a different ballgame. And this is why I always say, do not put more than you can afford to lose in the stock market or in crypto or in whatever investment it is that you are doing. No matter what direction the market is going, always, 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 like I can't stress this enough, always have your risk mitigation strategy in place. Like always, always, always. And do not deviate from it. Discipline is key in the journey of securing the bag. Like folks, Financial discipline is very, very key. I can't, I can't, I can't 
overestimate, and I, I can't overemphasize the importance of being financially disciplined. Anyway, so how are you all doing this week? You all good? Everyone good? How are your portfolios doing? <laughs> For me, it's it's a really interesting time. You know, we saw limit orders get filled last week during this latest stock price meltdown. And I'm talking limit orders that were set at supposedly impossible prices. You know, prices that if you had looked at them just the week before, you would have been like, nah, there's no way the stock price is going to come back to this point. But guess what? They did. Google, for instance, came down to its 52-week low this past few days. It did climb back up, you know, but for a time last week, it traded at the lowest price that it had traded in the 52 weeks prior to that time. So that tells you that nothing, literally nothing is impossible in this market. And also do not think that stock prices will only always go up. In the tech sector, for instance, only Apple seems to be holding the fort right now maybe Tesla as well. But other than that, everything else right now, <laughs> interesting times, people. <laughs> but all of this to say, do not drink the cool aid, okay? Do not drink it at all. Always have your risk mitigation strategy in place and always discipline yourself to stick to it, no matter what's going on in the market. Even if the market is super bullish and everything is trending upwards, still stick to your risk mitigation strategy, okay? Because if you had your whole entire nest egg in the stock market last week, oh my goodness, you would have been in very severe pains last week. And like some of my friends said, <laughs> that kind of pain, <laughs> that kind of pain is similar to having a heart attack or head palpitations or, you know, things of that sort. You, you don't want to do that to yourself, okay? It's not worth it. I mean, money is good, but it's not worth the price of your peace of mind or your health, okay? And when the market is bullish, do not get greedy because I dare say that in itself is one of the reasons that people throw caution to the winds and just dive headlong into the stock market without hedging their risks. When you see that the market is bullish and you know everyone's making money and you know you want to put a thousand dollars in and then you make two thousand dollars and then you're like, oh, how about I put twenty thousand dollars in and then how about I put fifty k in and before you know it, you are putting your entire down payment for your house <laughs> or something or school fees or something of that nature or just your your savings, right? Like your living expenses, your safety net. You're putting all of that into the market. Um, do not do that. Always have your risk mitigation strategy in place and always be disciplined enough to stick to it. Don't get greedy. Don't drink the Kool-Aid, okay? That's all I will say on that. But it's very important. Please bear that in mind. Okay, I think from all the indicators and signals that we saw in the market this past week, it's safe to say that it looks like we are now in a bear market. I mean, arguably, we've been in the bear market for several months now, and the markets have been seesawing like crazy, and people are understandably very fearful and uncertain about which direction things will go from here. 
everyone's uncertain. Like I said this in last week's episode that even uh, companies with all the algorithms and all of that in place cannot tell you with a hundred percent degree of certainty what the market will do in the coming weeks. I don't think they can. These are uncharted waters, you know, for many people. But for me, I take it as a learning opportunity. I really want to understand what to do in a bear market. And I think you should too. And I think history is a fantastic place to go and learn because there's nothing new under the sun. Because this won't be the first bear market that the world has seen, okay? And it probably won't be the last. It's just what it is. There's a certain flow and ebb to these things. That's just how life is, okay? So let's look at the market meltdowns that have happened in the past. I guess starting off with the most recent one that happened in 2020, when COVID just hit and uh, investors panicked. But that crash in of itself was probably the shortest in history because the market recovered in a matter of days. So let's move beyond that, okay? Let's go to 2008. Yeah, who remembers the global recession of 2008-2009, which was precipitated by the housing crisis in the US? Who remembers that? I do, because man, that was a very difficult economic period for many sectors of the economy particularly housing, but many other sectors as well. And before then, we had the dot-com crash of the 2000s. Who remembers that? A lot of people were wiped out um, during that time. And before the 2000s, we also had the crash of 1987. So you see, you get the general idea. (laughs) Market crashes are not a new phenomenon. They have always occurred. I shouldn't say they will always occur, but they have always occurred. And there's a high likelihood that they would continue to occur, okay? And before 1987, we also had the 1929 crash, which I think was dubbed the Great Depression. And before, like between 1929 and 1987, there were a lot more, and I'm going to talk about one of them later on in this episode. But I'm just saying all of this to say these years that I've mentioned, these are just like the signpost ones, okay? In between these years, there were all manners of flash crashes and downturns and all of that, okay? So you can say that boom and bust are both natural cycles in the market, okay? So know that and know peace, (laughs) all right? Like use that knowledge to tell yourself not to panic anytime you see market meltdowns like the one we saw last week, okay? In simple terms, you can say what goes up will come down and what comes down will go up. I mean, provided certain fundamental factors are in place and those factors stay constant, okay? And this is where your due diligence comes in. Did you buy that stock after doing your own thorough research or did you merely jump on a bandwagon, okay? You can go to our earlier episodes for pointers on how to evaluate stocks and how to decide which ones to buy and all of that, which ones to potentially buy. Because again, this is not financial advice and this is not a recommendation to buy or sell anything. Okay. So going back to history, you can say that, (laughs) you can say that today is a a mini history lesson of, of sorts on the nature of the stock market. And I really, really want to go into this today so that I can 
help put people's minds at ease because I know that a lot of people are jittery right now. Okay. If you look at the stock market between 1966 and 1982, there were a lot of ups and downs in the market during that period. A whole lot. During that period, it was a 16-year period. It was really something. And there are a lot of parallels in it that are similar to what we are seeing in the market today. And, and this is the reason why I'm honing in on this period. You know, it was so choppy, right? The stock market at that time was so up and down that at the end of the 16-year period, it did appear like the market hadn't grown at all. As a matter of fact, it hadn't. It just seemed like it had only moved sideways the whole time, right? It had gone up, gone down, gone up, gone down, but it closed in 1982, pretty much at the same point that it was in 1966, you know, no tangible growth to point to. And the 70s in particular were very interesting times for the stock market. And you would notice that I like to use the word interesting a lot. I use it instead of the word difficult because I am team positive vibes all day, every day. I mean, for me, uh, things are either good or they are a learning experience for me. That's the lens that I choose to see life from. It's either a good thing or a learning experience. So in 1966, okay, ready for your history lesson? In 1966, the Dow Jones dropped to 983 and it didn't rise beyond that point again until 1982. So that gives you an idea of what the 70s were like in the stock market and for investors, okay? And the same thing happened with the S&P 500. It hit um, 108 in 1968. Then it stayed around that region all the way through to 1973 when it rose to 113, and that was it. It didn't break out of that level again until 1982. We are talking about stagnation in today's market. We are talking about stagflation. We are talking about all of that. If you are wondering or you are scared or you are jittery, go back to history, okay? These things have happened in the past. You might want to ask what happened in the 60s and 70s, right? Like why was the market stagnant for so long? Okay, it was because of market conditions that are very similar to the ones that we are seeing today. The economy back then too was grappling with galloping inflation and galloping interest rate hikes. Remember the CPI, Consumer Price Index, that we've talked about so many times in our previous episodes? If you haven't listened to those episodes, I would strongly recommend you do. Tons of information in there for you. So remember the CPI that we've talked about so many times? It was also a topical matter back then. As a matter of fact, it climbed from 0.9% in 1966 to 13.6% in 1980. From 0.9, like less than 1%, to 13.6%, almost 14% in 1980. So that is what they grappled with back then. And to combat that, the Fed then raised interest rates from 4.6% 4.6% in 1966 to as high as 20% in 1981. 20% in 1981. Where are we right now with the latest interest rate hike? I think in the US, we're about 3%, right? 
or 3.25% thereabouts, okay? I'm not saying that it will get to 20% today to like in this current market, like it did back in the early 80s. But I think we need to stop using words like unprecedented rate hikes because (laughs) at this point, we have seen in history that there really is nothing unprecedented by the current rate hikes that we have right now. There really is nothing unprecedented about them. (laughs) Okay. Um, It's happened in the past and it's happened uh, for much higher numbers than we are currently seeing. And the market conditions were similar. Inflation was raging. It was out of control. And the feds were trying to bring it down, which is exactly what we are going through today, too. One other thing that happened in the 60s and 70s that I think we can draw very important lessons from today as well is that the stock market back then was pretty, pretty high valued. Like I would use the word overvalued, okay, for want of a better word. And at least this was in the period leading up to the 70s, the 1970s, okay? And you can't help but draw similarities between that period and what we are seeing now, because a lot of analysts have also been saying now that the stock market is currently overvalued. And they've been saying this long before we hit this current rough patch that we are in right now. And that we have been in since pretty much the beginning of the year. Like people have been saying since last year, probably end of 2021, end of 2020 as well, like stocks are overvalued, stocks are overvalued, especially tech stocks and all of that. We've been seeing that, right? And that also happened in the 60s, leading up to the 70s. So these are sort of like factors, similarities that you can look to to see what the outcome was. So when uh, stocks were richly valued in the 60s leading up to the 70s, what then happened? What effect did that have on the market? And what can you learn from that today in terms of what to anticipate in the market or how to position yourself to, one, protect your capital and to grow your capital in spite of the prevailing economic situation, okay? And back in the 60s, there was this group of stocks called the Nifty 50, okay? The stocks in that group were household names that some of you may still remember. Names like Xerox, you know, Polaroid, (laughs) and so on. And some of these stocks back then were trading for more than 50 times their earnings. Now, contrast that with the stock market today and go back like a year or a year and a half or even two years. And tell me, don't we also have stocks that have been trading for similar multiples of their earnings? Have we not also been seeing incredibly high price to earning ratios as well as ginormous? (laughs) I don't even know if that's a real word. I'm going to use it anyway because it sounds cool. So have we not also been seeing ginormous all-time high stock prices? Have we not been seeing those too, especially in the tech stocks cluster? You know, which you can say is arguably our own modern day version of the nifty 50 stock group of the 60s. You know, so there are very many similarities in what's happening today with what happened back then in the 60s and 70s. So you can see there's nothing, there's really nothing new under the sun. And if you study history well enough, you might see a few things that you can glean and learn 
and execute today that will help you ride out a bear market. For instance, in the 70s, portfolio diversification and incorporating dividend stocks was part of the ways in which investors back then managed to make money in spite of the market conditions that they had, in spite of the challenging market conditions, because indeed they were challenging market conditions back then. But I am not a financial advisor, so I will not go into that in too much detail here. But what I would say is history is a great teacher. And so instead of panicking because of what's happening in the market right now, maybe you should go look at what happened in the past and see what you can learn from there. Also, always do your own due diligence or consult a financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Okay, so that's where we're going to draw the curtains for today. If you found this useful, please share with your friends and family so that everyone can learn how to secure the bag. On that note, that's it for today's edition of TIB, the Immigrant Bag Podcast. Until next week, when I come your way again with another exciting episode, this is Madupe saying, Keep your money close, keep your friends closer, and keep your family closest.